Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast. This episode is sponsored by LEOToCEO.com. Everything you need to start, grow, or scale your post-law enforcement business. Guys, did you know that you can now join the leo to ceo community for free? And your free membership not only gets you access to the community, but you also get access to our monthly live workshops where we cover topics that uh, can help you overcome some challenges that you are facing in your business. So go ahead and go check out the LEO to CEO community by just going to LEO to CEO.com. All right, let's get on with the show here. Today, I have an awesome guest that I am really excited to introduce to you guys. Now, you may remember a little while back uh, on episode 54 of the podcast, um, we talked with Ryan Schoenfeld, who talked about his experience in learning how to become a venture-backed software company. And the uh, cop-to-copreneur story that he had in learning the ropes and how to actually present his business to venture capitalists uh, and investors. And there was so much interest in that episode. You guys gave me a lot of really good feedback. Uh, there was There was a lot of interest in learning more about the process of making your business appealing to investors and also understanding how to properly value your business regardless of the stage that you're in. And so today I have a guest that's going to be able to share more on that um, and give you guys some more insight. And so let me introduce to you Barat Kenodia. Barat has um, appraised unique assets all over the country, um, including things like the Golden Gate Bridge, the Atlanta Airport, Uber, Airbnb, Yahoo, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Mirage Casino. So he is well-versed at understanding how to give a proper valuation to a business and how to present yourselves to venture capitalists. So Barat, welcome to the Copper Newer Path podcast. Adam, thank you so much for having me. Look forward to it. Yeah, so let's um, let's just dive right into this topic because I'll admit to you, it is something I know nothing about. Um, my business, I formed just from the dirt up, <laughs> right? Um, backed by my own capital and uh, blood, sweat, and tears that have gotten me to where I am. Um, venture backing was never really something I actually considered, but uh, I recognize how that can be of great asset to somebody that maybe wants to scale a business quickly. So can you tell me from your perspective to start off with, uh, why is it important to first understand how to value your business properly if you are, in fact, looking to pursue venture backing? I mean, if you're looking to pursue venture backing, um, you know, a VC is going to write you a check. And that's what you're hoping to do, right? That they'll write you a check for, say, a million dollars. But a million dollars for what? Right? I mean, are, are they getting 5% of your company? 10%? 20%? 100%? Um, and that's the real question. 
Um, and that's where valuations come in. So you need to know your what your company is worth so that when a VC is willing to write you a million dollar uh, worth of check, um, you know how much of your company you have to give away. So what do you need in order to be able to create that valuation? And I mean a realistic one too, because I see, and maybe this isn't a good example. <laughs> you tell me whether it is or not, but I love watching Shark Tank. And it amuses me how people will come on that show with a pitch and they have no idea how to value their company. And a lot of the times they don't, they don't get a deal because they either aren't prepared with a valuation at all or what they come with is completely unrealistic. So how do we even, how do we even get there to start with? I mean, when Shark Tank, I, I, I have done an episode on my YouTube channel called How to Bait a Shark. And in that one, I decipher how sharks are thinking and how that show really works. Um, and let me just start by saying it doesn't matter what valuation you ask for from a shark. They're going to balk at it. And they're going to say, oh, my God, it's too high. It doesn't matter what you ask for. But it is also bad if you don't ask for anything. You can't go up there and say, I don't know, whatever you want to give me. No, that, that, that's not a smart entrepreneur. So what you need to do is you need to have an ask and then also follow that up with why this ask is correct. They will still poke holes at it, but they will respect you for giving them a defense. So you will say something like, we're looking to raise a million dollars at a $10 million valuation because we have half a million dollars in revenue. And the last company that um, uh, 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 this venture capitalist invested in, they paid 20x on revenue. And based on that, we're worth about $10 million. They will still laugh at you, but they will respect you more. So what do you think are some of the most important I'll say assets to a, a proper valuation of your business, because I've always maintained and now granted my basis of understanding on this is that I, I have a service-based business and most of my clients are service-based businesses versus a product-based business. And I have always maintained that if you want to scale your business and potentially have a uh, a successful multi-million dollar exit someday, you have to focus not so much on what your offer is or who your what your client profile looks like, but it's the processes that you have in place. SOPs and protocols and things like that that can be easily replicated, right? Because my opinion has always been, and I would love you to correct me if there's something I'm missing here. My opinion has always been that if you don't have those things, a potential investor doesn't first of all, have confidence that you can actually grow and scale or that they can take and replicate what you've been doing as your secret sauce. Great point, Adam. And uh, there are only two things a potential buyer or an investor is looking for. And if somebody tells you there are three things, call bullshit on it. There are only two things. One is they're looking for consistent cash flow. Consistent cash flow comes from consistent customers or stickiness of your product or your services. So a customer that writes you a check on a monthly or a weekly or a quarterly or a yearly basis, 
that is consistent cash flow. Not that you have to go out and find a new customer on a daily basis. That's not consistent cash flow. Second, the exact point you said, if you can figure out a way to service that customer with automation or some kind of autopilot type of program and policies, that business is worth a lot of money. So what buyers want to do is they want to enjoy the cash flow and sit around and eat bonbons and don't work to get any of that cash flow. Because if they have to work, they have to put in 60, 80 hours a week, they're not buying a business, they're buying a job. And then nobody wants to pay big money to buy a job. So uh, the field you're in, marketing and automation, I mean, that is a great way to automate a lot of the things that a business may offer. Now, the biggest pushback I get is, oh, my business can't be automated. Oh, no, this has to be done by me or this has to be done Baloney. by people. Bullshit. They just have mm -hmm. a sense of grandeur. Um, now, I also agree that not everything can be automated. Not everything can be done by other people. But they don't use that as an excuse. Try to start with what can be automated. Start there. Account payables, receivables, inventory. Um, you know, what can be automated? Start with that. Marketing, posting on social media, things that can be automated, use with, start with those. You know, you can never get to 100% autopilot, right? A plane will always need a pilot to sit there, even if it's running on autopilot. Yes, you can't get to 100%, but start somewhere. 20, 30%, 40%, 50%. Start somewhere. Absolutely. I agree. You're speaking my language. In fact, I think anybody that's listening to the show is probably going to think that you and I uh, um, colluded on this prior to actually recording because I have been saying over and over and over again that monthly recurring revenue is the lifeblood of any business, especially a service-based business. Uh, you can't ride the roller coaster of a new client this month, 10 new clients next month, right? Or or, or for our law enforcement instructors out there, one class this month, three classes next month, right? It's just, there's no sustainability in that. You have to have that expected monthly recurring revenue. And there are ways to supplement that for a service-based in industry. There's, there's plenty of opportunities. Um, and, and automation, I, I love to talk about automation. We actually have um, StoryWeb Creative, my main company. We actually have another company that is a SaaS uh, offer software as a service um, that is all about business marketing and automation. And the goal being to to automate as many things as you can, like you said, because your brain can only contain so many things, right? And as you grow and scale, you need to be able to nurture relationships uh, at scale. And you can only do that by either hiring an entire troop of people or by learning how to automate some things. Um, so I, I love that you point that out. Uh, anything else you want to add to that before we maybe touch on a couple other topics here? That's it. I keep it simple, man. Two things. If somebody tells you three things, call bullshit. Excellent. Love it. Hey, it's break time real quick. Are you interested in being a guest on the Coppernewer Path podcast? Or do you know someone else who would be a good guest on the show? I'm always looking for coppernewers who can share stories of their own coppernewerial journey, regardless of how early you are in that journey or how far along you are. I'm also looking for guests who don't necessarily have a law enforcement background, 
but can offer expert business and marketing advice. So if you would like to suggest a guest or see about being featured yourself on an upcoming episode, please go to cpp.fm forward slash guest and fill out the quick five question form. Again, that's charlespaulpaul.frankmary forward slash guest and fill out the quick five question form. How do we come up with evaluation? Like, is there a magic formula? Is there something that, uh, you know, we can look at in order to say today, my business is worth X number of dollars to a potential investor? Or is it, or is it more complex than that? It is more complex than that. Um, you know, a business is worth in, in, in very crude terms, you know, whatever someone is willing to pay for it. Now, I know that doesn't help our audience. So there are three ways of valuing any business. You look at the cash flow the business is going to give you for the next two years, five years, or 10 years, what have you. And you present value that cash flow to today. Um, that is called the income approach. That's one way of valuing a business. The second way of valuing a business is how you would value your house. My neighbor's house is worth, say, $100. So my house is worth $100. Or the third way of valuing anything is, hey, it costs me $1,000 to uh, build this phone. So this phone is worth $1,000. Um, so three ways is income approach, sales or a comparison approach, and third is a cost approach. Now, these three are the uh, primary approaches. I call them the primary colors like red, blue, and white. Now, there are multiple other approaches that have that people have come up with. You know, people might say there are seven approaches or there are 10 approaches. Again, call BS on it. Um, all those approaches are a derivative of one of these approaches or two of these or three of these approaches. So, you know, they might say, oh, no, there's a fourth approach. There's a pink approach. Well, pink is just a derivative of the red and the white approach. So um, these are the three primary approaches to use. So I've heard something before, and, I, and I'm curious to know if, if this is accurate, um, but somebody had once told me that a startup can often achieve a greater valuation when going to pursue uh, venture backing than potentially even a cash flow positive company that's been around for a while. Is, is that true? And if so, why, why is that? Um, not a startup, a startup with a, within a specific industry and a specific business model. Now, usually, you know, if you're starting a hair salon, you wouldn't call that a startup, right? You would call that a hair salon or a new hair salon. A startup is re generally referred to a company that is in a specific industry, say technology or healthcare or what have you. Or they've come up with an innovative way of distributing Coca-Cola or what have you, whatever you want to call it. So venture capitalists or VCs, they're investing in companies that can scale fast. So when you see these crazy valuations, those are based on the future prospects or the promise of the future of that company. If you're running a hair salon, yeah, you wouldn't call that a startup and no VC is going to invest in it because the future is very limited. It's very difficult to scale a hair salon.
Sure. Yeah, that that makes complete and total sense. Um, in our last in the episode that I did with with Ryan Schoenfeld back uh, on episode 54, one of the things that he and I talked about in large part was his experience in uh, interviewing, essentially, uh, d- different venture capitalists that might be interested in investing in his company. And the uh, very much by the seat of his pants experience that he had in figuring out how to do that and learning how to how to do that and what questions to ask was a big part of it. So from your ex- experience, speaking from, I mean, obviously years of experience that you have, are there specific questions that are really good to have in your back pocket when going into these kinds of conversations with a potential investor? So a good question to ask venture capitalists. I would say there are two or three. Uh, first question is, why should I take your money? There are too many people with money. There are many people who can write big checks. Why should I take yours? Have you helped a company like mine before? How can he help me? Right? What can you do for me that another guy can't with a big checkbook can't do? And third, I would ask, why me? Money is always given to a person, not the company, not the idea. So always ask, why do you want to work with me? Why me? What's so special about me? You know, don't just think that, uh, don't just be passive when somebody is offering you money or with an investor. They don't like those people. They need you just as much as you need them. They need their money to be working for them. So, and you're putting their money to work. So you also hold the cards on the table. That's a really good point. I think most people go into those conversations thinking that they have very little power or control or influence over it. And uh, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, the investor has the decision about whether or not they're going to offer to write a check, right? But but there are certainly... Uh, you also have the decision and the option to accept that check. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. So what are, what are some ways that, let's say somebody who is focused on growing their business to the point where they can have a successful exit someday, what are, what are the things to focus on in order to maximize the return that you get at that exit? Again, I'm going to go back to two things, Adam. One is you want consistency of cash flow. You want to figure out of a way for the same customers to write you checks again and again and again. And you just find more of those customers. Second, you want to run a lean and mean shop, which means you want to automate everything. Now, not everything can be automated. So try to see if you can hire people to do things for you instead of you as a business owner doing everything for you. That could be employees, that could be freelancers. Or that could be vendors on the outside. Uh, whatever you can do to make sure that the business is running like a well-oiled machine. I got to ask, just out of curiosity, how much is the Brooklyn Bridge actually worth? I'm actually doing a video right now um, about the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> so uh, just, give me, oh, really? just give me a few weeks. Uh, I had I had appraised it back in the early 2000s. And at that time, it was worth single digit billions. Um, Today is worth uh, slightly more than that. I tell you, I'm amazed at looking through this list uh, of, of these places, these businesses, these locations that you've appraised. Um, 
it's it's a pretty neat list. So how tell me a little bit about your journey and how how did you get to uh, being someone that is looked at to appraise these types of assets? Um, just right place at the right time. Uh, you know, I was uh, working for a company after 9-11, which got all these contracts to do valuations of all these unique assets. And uh, um, my boss liked me and I was a uh, diligent engineer on staff. And he basically took out uh, the most unique or high profile assets from a list of 200 assets. And he said, Bharat, you're it. Um, so you know, just kindness of strangers, if you will. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I've really appreciated having you on the show. You've left some, some awesome, awesome things for um, our audience to consider and think about as, uh, as they continue to pursue growth in their own businesses. I'd like to ask you as we kind of wrap things up here, um, is there anything that you, I guess, first of all, would like to share with our audience, any final thoughts or a resource that you may have that can help them out even further beyond what you've taught in this episode so far? Always ask the question, why? If somebody says this word business is worth $5 million or Tesla is worth $2,000 or uh, Rivian is uh, uh, IPOing at $80 billion, ask why. Why is Rivian worth $80 billion? Why is Tesla trading at $1,000? Why is Bitcoin trading at $50,000? If you can't answer the why, if you can't find the answer to that, um, then there's a problem to it. Not just because everything is trading at a certain price, that means that's its value. If you cannot align the answer to the why to the price, then that's not the value. So how can people reach you? What, what, how do they connect with you and, uh, and learn more from you? Best way to reach me is to go to my YouTube channel and uh, under the About Us page, uh, there's a link. You can reach out to me directly. Uh, and if you have any questions on valuations, I'm happy to answer them. Awesome. We'll, we'll definitely put those links in the show notes like we do every episode. So if you guys want to check those out, just head over to cpp.fm. And that'll take you straight to the podcast page and you can check out the show notes for this episode. All right, Brock, thank you so much for being on the show. Awesome to have your experience and your wisdom here today. Uh, I'm very thankful. Thank you, Adam. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leotoceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leotoceo.com click on podcast and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.